Welcome back to another shit show episode of the Burning Eden Podcast. I am Baff, your suave, smooth, spicy Satanist. And I'm Mel, your favorite big titty heathen. Uh, so, Baff, yes. I have some exciting news. Ooh, do share. Do share. Tony do and share. I are finally getting the fuck out of Florida. Boom! Finally. For those <sighs> listening, I just did a dab. It was disturbing. Well, fucking finally. <laughs> Jeebus! <laughs> I will cross all appendages for you. Mm, yeah, thank you, thank you. But uh, you do realize I will be uh, somewhat closer to you now. I can choke you out more often. God damn. I take back all my crossed appendages. I mean, just don't piss me off. It's that simple. Where's the fun in that? Punning you to death is... I'm going to shove that chef's kiss up your ass. Don't be cheeky. Boy, I swear to God. (laughs) I'm in danger. Uh, Anywho, I wanted to really quickly uh, share with you guys uh, that we do have a Patreon. If you like what we do and you would like to support our mission, (laughs) for Mel, it's more her missionary. Um, We have different tiers for supporting us. We have the $3 a month, be a sinner, but the most popular one, $6.66 a month, you can be a I'm sorry, a heathen like the rest of oh, us. Can't read. We'll give you a shut the fuck up. We'll give you I'm gonna remove Mel for now because she's uh yeah. So right now <laughs> fuck you, asshole. Um yeah, um, but if you really like what we do, really, really like what we do, you can be a blasphemer for 20 bucks a month and you start getting all this swag. Look at this shit. You got a shirt, a hoodie. Oh, shit. Uh yeah, you you get some some cool shit but if you really 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 like us mm. more than we like ourselves <laughs> yes um you can be diabolical and we will do shady things for you mm-hmm. mm. you'll even have access to an early episode yes so yes. so fuck yeah uh that would be patreon.com slash burning in 666 and on today's episode, hmm. we have the absolute fucking pleasure of talking with Chris West from The Humanist what Being. Up? Hey, guys. <laughs> What's up? What? Long time no see. Yeah, that w- I had a great time in Phoenix uh, being across the hall from you guys. In the, in the- Literally. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> we should have started a paper war or something. Like a, like a, I, like a- Next time, I'm definitely bringing something to shoot at you guys. Yes. What we should do is paper plates made out of Bible pages. <gasps> and we just throw them at each other. You you can do origami. Just make a little swan. I can, we can throw attack swans. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. I'm- I have a, a little crane right here made out of a Bible. <laughs> the holy spirit See, it's, functional. it's functional holy spirit actually work oh you God. actually make it work though just like the holy spirit you gotta so we met Chris last year uh, in atlanta uh the atheist yes. convention and we saw him again Sucks for him. Uh, <laughs> Oops. We, he saw us again uh, in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. 
It was, yeah, how's it, was, it going, man? Absolutely fantastic. The uh, yeah. the humanist being, the, the group that I'm uh, I'm co-founder of is uh, is growing and awesome. we're starting to uh, to use our uh, power to fight the evil. Ooh. Okay, awesome. And he's gonna tell us about that in just yes. one okay. minute. But before we get to the nitty gritty, mm. do you know what time it is, Mel? Spinkies. No, it's time for. The final verse of the day. What I want. <laughs> we, can, we can fit that in. Don't we? Yeah, we can yeah. fit that in. Yeah, that's what it is. I mean, that's, that's. I got Twizzlers. You know, somebody has a Bible. That's <laughs> fine. Okay. <laughs> anyway, per tradition, we would love the guest to read the Bible verse of the day. What do you have for us, Chris? So, um, I was looking through uh, one of my favorite uh, uh, prayer books, the uh, God, the most unpleasant character in all yes. fiction by Dan Barker, and Very I came book. upon um, Deuteronomy twenty-three, ten, and eleven. Mm. Um, and it, uh, and uh, it is said and written, mm -hmm. if one of your men is unclean because of a nocturnal emission, mm. he is to go outside the camp and stay there. But as evening approaches, he is to wash himself and mm. at sunset may return to the camp. Okay. I, as a child, of course, constantly dealing with nocturnal emotions, didn't have this important information. Emotions or emissions? I mean, same. Both, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> emotions lead to emissions, right? I'm supposed I to mean... make an interpretation here because I don't live in a camp. I mean, oh. <laughs> right, right. So, you know. so what... What I'm okay. imagining is just a dude just standing there until like nighttime with like palm <laughs> all over himself. Like, wait, I gotta wait until nighttime so I can wash my shit off, you know? Yeah. Like, that's rude. I want oh. to to make sure he did it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think oh, there's something over there. I think that's the same one that has the rule about women and their period, they have to go wash themselves. Mm. Yeah, and because they're unclean or something they have like to be that. Away for like seven days or something, or ten. I don't. Fuck yeah, they have a. Days. If you're a religious Jew, they have a special bath that you go to, yeah. and you're supposed to make yourself clean there. And it's full of cum and and menstru. Menstru. I don't know. It's mm. weird. Yeah. Lots of fluids. Lots of. Lots of <laughs> <laughs> it has a pinkish hue. It has a pinkish hue. Oh no. Well, yeah, thanks for reading the word of God. That that was that was very inspiring. It's very kid friendly, yes. And that's what I do when I go camping next. All right. Remind me never to you... go camping with you. <laughs> <laughs> how often do you go camping? <laughs> You get up in the middle, you're sleeping back, and you go outside, and I'm just standing there. And you're just like, what do I do? <laughs> and, you, and then you say, are the emotions back? <laughs> are the emotions I'm back? like, yeah. I'm just like spray you down with a hose or something. Cools you know? <laughs> <laughs> me down. I'm unclean. Unclean. <laughs> you assume, of course, the hose is going to make you clean. <laughs> God I, think, damn it. I think your soul is, is is not clean, so I don't think that that hose. That's not work. Damn it! Damn it! <laughs> gotta hose I, down I, them I, jizzy pants. <laughs> okay, this this is off to a great start. I love this. I was just wondering if we're gonna talk about jizzy pants. I don't wear. <laughs> I don't wear clothes. I, I, I'm a, a sleeper, so oh. when I'm in bed, so. 
There are no pants. Same. 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 Well, no. Okay. I'm like, I'm I'm naked, but not underwear because I'm afraid that a spider is going to crawl up my vest because (laughs) spiders love warm, moist places and it is warm and moist. Okay, gotcha. (laughs) But you leave your mouth completely open, right? (laughs) I mean, come on, spiders. (laughs) Literally, it's fine. It's fine. I'd rather go in there and then my fucking pussy. Like, what the fuck? Anyway, anyway. I can go on and on about that. Um, Anywho, what do we hear? I have oh, one. Yeah. I would with as well. <laughs> this is this is a shit show. This is a shit show. <laughs> God damn it. Um, so we would love to get to know you a little bit better, Chris. Would you like to tell us your uh, religious background and how you got to where you are oh, today? Absolutely. Um, so I've got a, a funny story. Um, I was born. Uh, in New York City, 1965, mm. uh, my my dad was a Broadway electrician. My mom was a washed-up actress, um, and uh, uh, so I grew up in a completely atheistic family. My oh family, no, shit! I, nice. I, I, my parents fucked me up emotionally, but they really mm. didn't mess me up as far as who I consider we. I think we as people mm-hmm. have an us them thing. It's kind of like psychological, and yeah. you get taught how we should define who us and them are. And my parents had, because we were in the theater, we would have friends come over and they were all backgrounds, all genders, all sexual orientation, all mm. races. So I grew up thinking everyone was the same. That mm. I did my parents. They really did me good that way. We were living in a super white suburb. Um, uh, I was considered other because we were Jewish. That tells you something mm. about how white it was. Other. Um, <laughs> and um, somewhere, my best friend who lived down the street, who was actually one of my first sexual partners, of course, mm. um, child, child play games. Um, yep. his, his family was very um, Southern Baptist. So they would go to Southern Baptist mm. church. And I was kind of, I would go to school and he'd be telling me about hanging out with all these people at church and other people say, yeah, we went to the other church. I was like, well, what's this church thing? Just take me with you. So (laughs) you started going to these churches and hanging out. And of course, you know, you're, you're nine, 10, 11, 12, you're getting right on to, you know, being attracted to other people for, Mm -hmm. you know, sex fun and stuff. And um, I, I didn't ever really believe, but I was certainly interested in being around all these people. So okay. I kind of latched on and, and, and was hanging out with them. And, um, you know, my parents were like, cool, go, whatever, man, you know, fine. You do you, right? Mm-hmm. Again, another plus I give them. With all of the, the baggage I got, emotional baggage because of their emotional baggage and historical emotional baggage that we were all yeah. saddled with, um, I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, got out of high school. Well, my parents split when I was 11. We moved to New York City when I was 12. So here okay. I am, 12-year-old Chris, New York City, 1977, oh. and I'm just going crazy. And I, you know, I went from, uh, I used to take a, a couple of quarters, because the, the subway is a quarter at the time, and just go away for days, <laughs> wow. time, right? And just explore New York City, which was mm-hmm. great. Um, I did get into, uh, I had a, we had a housekeeper who was a Jehovah's Witness. She gave me a Bible, which I still have, but I oh. never really got into that. She knocked on the door, housekeeping! <laughs> <laughs> No, like double but, duty. <laughs> a very sweet woman. Um, we didn't really talk about religion that much, but she did give me a Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got to college, I uh, I got into Wicca and into oh, okay. Um, so 
I'm still kind of not sure if the if supernatural exists. Mm-hmm. Everybody says supernatural doesn't know. I had no idea. Uh, so right. I'm trying out these different pathways to to see if anybody can give me some good information on whether it exists or not. Did Wicca for five or six years, um, and then I got into Thelema. Um, What's that? What is that? So uh, have you ever heard of the Ordo uh, Templi Orientis? Uh, the the OTO the Rosicrucians they're hmm. magic magicians with a CK so Alistair oh. Crowley was the founder of the OTO okay uh, and it's a uh, it's it's a Masonic tradition but it's okay. not a Masonic tradition that's Christian or Jewish they uh, they focus on the Kabbalah and they okay. use the Kabbalah as a way to try to get to supernatural beings. So in the Kabbalah, you got the tree of life and there are all these angels and they have different names. And if supposedly those names are key. So if you make a magical space and you vibrate that the name of the angel, that angel has certain properties. If you vibrate that, that, that name right, it will give you things from its realm. Right. So it's kind of like a magical, okay. uh, you know, uh, it is it is supernatural. We believe we're, t- we're talking to the Archangel yeah. Gabriel, we're talking to the Archangel Michael, okay. you know, we're talking to the seraph, the, the cherubim and the different choruses of angels. And um, mostly what I was interested in that was to try to find the edge. You know, these people, if anybody was going to be able to get me to understand the supernatural, these people were going to have a path. Right. They've been doing it for 150, 200 years. Um, all the most famous magicians like Aleister Crowley uh, and those types were were founding members of this. And they were doing initiations. And that's something that I was missing in my life. I when I was in Wicca, I wasn't part of a coven or a tradition. I was just kind of doing rituals. So when I got into to to um, Thelema, I was personally into the runes. I even wrote uh, most of a book on uh, runic magic, right? Um, and never published, still in bits and somewhere in the closet here. Um, but in uh, hanging out with these people, they initiated me. Like their whole thing was you study these three chapters of this book and you do a test and then you go down in the basement and we're going to do a ritual. And those rituals were all loosely based on um, the uh, the types of things you get in Freemasonry. Because, of course, um, Aleister Crowley claimed to be a set 32nd level um, uh, Mason, which meant that he could then initiate us. And because he was a 32nd uh, degree Mason, when he initiated us, we were automatically like 15th degree Mason. It was this, this interesting. Oh, wow. Thing. Yeah. So um, I got up to the fifth degree uh, in the OTO. The OTO goes up to 10 degrees or something. Um, and at fifth degree, they say, OK, now you're fifth degree. You need to start helping build and run the organization i was like i, I have no interest in doing sounds that sounds like a church <laughs> yeah it is it is a religious organization yeah. um uh they don't like the word religion they they just say they're the cer- ceremonial magicians um <laughs> doing uh magic right um but my my friend vincent who unfortunately couldn't come with me to the conference because his, his husband is, is terminally ill um oh. he always said um the thing about the Thelemites, this group of magicians, is that they were trying, desperately trying, to live ordinary lives in extraordinary ways. But they ended up living extraordinary lives in very ordinary ways, which is <laughs> okay. kind, of, kind of the opposite. Like they're they're very very flamboyant, but you know, in the end, we just sit around and eat pizza and drink soda, and you know, we weren't changing anything. I mean, if you really believe deep down inside. 
that sitting around in a basement in Brooklyn, chanting a whole bunch of uh, ancient Hebrew, it, it was changing the world. Then you believe in magic, right? Because that's what they believe. They believe that we right. were actually changing the world. Um, within that, so I was in that thing. Um, met my friend Vincent. We've, we're now we now been friends for for almost uh, forty years. Um, oh, wow. And I kept on doing my runic stuff. We created our own religious organization back then called A Temple of the Apotheosis, right? So A Temple of the Apotheosis, mid-1990s, Park Slope, Brooklyn, which is where I, I grew up. Um, the idea was that we were going to be ecumenical, uh, but not uh, in a Christian way. We didn't care what your background was. All paths lead to the same truth, right? That's mm -hmm. the idea. So Buddhists and, and Wiccans and, and Thelemites and, and whoever, as mm -hmm. long as you were up for not being a dick to each other, you were welcome <laughs> to us, right? We, we were, we were pro, yeah. we were pro pansexual. We were pro gay. We were pro LGBTQ. Most of us are LGBTQ. Right. Um, and so we had this community in Park Slope for, for seven years where mm -hmm. every six weeks we would do one of the um, the rituals from the Pagan Wheel of the Year. So right the now... Pagan just, Wheel of the Year? Yeah, so there are eight rituals, right, in the Pagan Wheel of the Year. The I year don't three. know. So the, the, you don't know this stuff? Boy, oh, man. shit, man. <laughs> I'm here. I'm yes, we are learning. Like, spin learning. the wheel and what, okay. like Twister? <laughs> it's yes, like Twister. So, I mean... Twisted, for sure. <laughs> Um, Can it so be the, the pagan wheel of the year is very simple. Um, ancient uh, European pagans celebrated the solstices and the equinoxes, right? The, okay. the solar year. And then mm -hmm. they cut that in half again. And you know all of these holidays because these holidays have been co-opted by the, the church, the Catholic uh -huh. church originally. Uh, okay. So May Day, right? That is mm -hmm. the middle between the uh, spring equinox and the summer solstice. It's exactly six weeks from the one and the other. Okay. So that's when we all know. May Day is really well known. However, there's also the first of August. That's called um, Lunasa or Lug. And that is a midsummer holiday. That's the, the middle of summer. So between the summer solstice and the fall equinox, you have six weeks in and six weeks from you have Lunasa. Then we have Halloween. That's right between six to six weeks after the fall equinox and before the winter solstice. And between okay. the winter solstice and the spring equinox, you have Candlemas or, or Imbolc is another name that is called, right? So that is uh, the 2nd of February. So when we took on this, this community and we were building this community around doing these rituals, we were writing, producing, and putting on a two-hour ritual every six weeks for seven years. Wow. <laughs> We, there was no internet. The internet was just a, a, you know, a thought in someone's mind. If we had the internet at that point, I mean, look at me now, I'm almost 60. I'm certainly, you know, you know, the, the old white guy thing going on here. But then I was in my late 20s, early 30s, and we were, you know, the bee's knees. We were traipsing around the village with a, <laughs> with a maypole. We I were, um, yeah. Uh, well, I, met, I met my wife at a, a job I was working in New York City. And uh, at one point, uh, we were doing a summer solstice ritual. And my friend Renee was going to be the god Ra. And I was playing his priest, right? So what I did for that role is I shaved all of my body hair. <laughs> yeah, oh, my gosh. My eyebrows. 
because oh. I was an Egyptian priest. So I looked up Egyptian priests and I was already studying <laughs> the Kabbalah and the whole right. Thelemic thing was very much Isis and Hathor and, mm -hmm. and you know, uh, all of the Egyptian gods were a big part of the Thelemic thing. So it went over really well. But my wife was like, my, the woman who was going to become my wife was like, why did you shave your head? And I said, well, it wasn't just my head, you know, said, <laughs> everything in order to invoke. So but when you're more slippery, you can feel the spirit, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then nocturnal emissions, you know. So, um, and then you get to vibrate. <laughs> One of the things I really liked about this this background in in uh, magic and in magical thinking is that as I came out of it, as I realized after doing this for years and years and years, doing Santeria rituals, you know, mm. dancing for hours, drunk off my ass, no nothing. You know, right. doing these runic rituals for days at a time, starving myself, weird drugs, everything, and and nothing that I thought. Well, that's because you were never a true magician. Well, that's, that's right. obvious. Right, <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> Fortunately, I knew the real magician, and he was living that extraordinary life in a very ordinary way. <laughs> so it was oh in that time, after about seven years of doing these rituals, that uh, I, I got married, I mm -hmm. moved to the Netherlands, I had some kids. Um, oh, and I just came to the firm decision that I had no reason to believe that the supernatural exists at all. And okay. I really looked. I mean, I was not fucking around. We were pushing the edge of reality. And right. every time we just woke up with a regular hangover, it wasn't like we were all of a sudden able to fly. Or, right. or And that we started to understand things like, you know, confirmation bias. Like, mm. you know. Uh, one of the things that we'd always say after our our May Day ritual, which you know is coming up next week, right? Would the, mm. the first of May? Um, what we would always say, oh my goodness, it looks so much greener the next day, right? We invoked the height of spring, and <laughs> you know, it's you know, whatever, man. Yeah. You, know, you can think whatever <laughs> you want. You know, there's somewhere where it didn't do that, right? I mean, come on, it's it's also so very local, so. I came to the firm decision that I didn't believe in the supernatural. I certainly mm -hmm. didn't believe in any gods. Mm -hmm. And um, I've raised, my wife is also an atheist. I raised my kids as uh, atheists. I do have Jewish roots. So okay. I do a lot of Jewish stuff, mm -hmm. but I do it from a completely secular point of view. Right. And I have a lot of problems. There's a ritual that I used to love. My favorite ritual was Passover. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, because we were slaves. And then I found out the Jews were never slaves in Egypt. And I'm like, oh, fuck, you lied to me all this time. Yeah. You with these special people. But, you know, if you talk to Jews, it's like, you know, Moses is the reason why we're Jews. Like Moses never, most likely never existed. existed. You're right. right. So if, no, if Moses never existed, then what are we talking about? And then we're going to use it to say, like, God chose us. And therefore, we're better than you, which I think is really bad for people. Yeah. Telling someone they're the chosen people is one of the most fucked up things you can do to them as, as oh, far as developing right. bullshit, right? It's definitely, uh, uh, you could say to a certain point, it, racist, right? It is choosing a particular ethnic group yeah. in the Bible. Yeah. Um, what I was going to say, well, that's Passover. My, that's my story. I'm yeah. now, uh, completely nothing. I am just Chris. I You're nothing. nothing. <laughs> You're no nothing, John so, Snow. Here, there's a there's a moment that I had. I, I shared this with my therapist not too long ago. And I think, by the way, therapy is important for everyone. Yes. So yes. If you, uh, if you need therapy, yes. go out and find therapy. And we should all get.
free therapy. Um, yes. But one of the things that I, I, I did have an aha moment, you know, you, you sometimes mm. ask people, you know, what was the moment that you decided you weren't <laughs> going to be uh, believing in God? Anymore? What was the thing? And there was one moment, but I was in my early 30s and I was um, just sitting there and I was like, suddenly it wasn't that the universe gave a fuck whether I was there or not. Suddenly mm -hmm. I realized that if I disappeared tomorrow, if the entire human population disappeared tomorrow, the the moon would still be orbiting around the yep. sun. Yep. The Mars would still be doing its thing. The universe would still go on and it wouldn't even notice. And right. so it was kind of like one moment I'm looking out and I'm so important. And the next moment I'm like, I'm so insignificant. It really don't matter. And that moment I really grasped that, that brass ring. I really understood that we make things special. Yes. Right. Yep. And that was such a freeing moment for me. So that's when you decided or call yourself a humanist. I call, so I started calling myself a humanist and I'm willing to change it. I'm not married. Mm. To oh. I, I like oh, the okay. idea of speciest that I've speciest. heard some people float. Mm. But humanist is a great one because um, when I'm trying to understand where I fit as far as the historical line of thought like i'm not a christian right mm -hmm. uh, i'm i'm jewish genetically and culturally ashkenazi jew for sure, absolutely european jew but where does where does the 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 um the idea of humanism come from and mm -hmm. as a part of my self-study i read part of if not the most important part of bertrand russell's history of western philosophy and he had this one quote that I just I just love. He was talking about the development of, of thought, right, coming down, and he hits the atomists, right? The atomists were this group of Greek philosophers who were atheists and who posited the idea that the universe is put together by these discrete little bits that all go together to make stuff up. Oh. This is 400 B.C. Mm. This wow. is 2,400 years ago. The atomists had it. And they were saying, now what we got to do, now that we understand that the universe is made up of these little discrete parts and not phlegm and flojotsum and all that, <laughs> what we got to do is we've got to use empiricism to figure shit out. Yes. So what happens? Well, the last of them, um, um, Democritus, went to Athens and he's like, Athens, Athens. The, the, the Persians have taken over Miletus, the city that I come from. So I'm coming to Athens to flee. Um, and let's talk about the fact that gods don't exist and everything's made up of these discrete little bits. So the wow. got kicked out. They I was like, immediately hanged. <laughs> so the quote, the quote from, and I probably have it set up somewhere, though I can't read the actual quote. But what, mm. what Bertrand Russell says is, and after that, it was another... Thousand uh, eighteen hundred years before the Renaissance, when we pick okay. up once again pick up this job of using empiricism to look at the universe, mm -hmm. right? That happened in Florence in fourteen hundred, right? Mm -hmm. So from four hundred BC to fourteen eighteen hundred years, we tossed out, and I'm, I mean by we I do mean Western 
culture because there was a lot of stuff going on with with Islam very early on. You know, 800 to 1100, they did a lot of science. The Chinese were doing science, there mm-hmm. were science going on around the world. But the scientific method and the humanist movement, as we know it today, rebirthed in Florence in the 1400s. And there is, I usually in the background, I don't have it up right now, but in the background, I usually have the Laurentine Library. I went to Florence a number of years ago. Florence is the city of the the Renaissance. And Michelangelo uh, designed this library for uh, Laurentio de Medici. He was the the Medici who was running things, running the banks, running Florence at that time. Mm -hmm. And in that library, for the first time since the Catholics took over and banned all pagan writings in like around 400. So the Catholics they did. said, you cannot read Plato, you cannot read the Greeks, you cannot read Seneca, the Romans, you cannot, this is all pagan knowledge and it's heretical and it'll damn your soul. Oh. So um, Cosimo Medici in the 1350s has this huge banking empire and he has his, his uh, people going from bank to bank all through Europe in, in Brugge, in uh, Belgium, in London, in Paris. And he tells his his um, workers, these these, you know, managers who are checking on the banks, when you're in the area, you're in Brugge or you're in Amsterdam or you're in London, just go and see the local priest and say, hey, do you have any of these rotting old Greek and uh, Latin books lying around. And it had been so long since they'd been banned that these priests had kind of forgotten that they weren't supposed to share them. So Cosimo de' Medici collected all of these books and brought them back to Florence. And Michelangelo built this library to house them. So for the first time Mm -hmm. since, you know, 400 AD, you could read Plato, you could read Seneca, you could read uh, um, Euripides. Mm -hmm. So when you go into that library, there are these benches and on the side of the benches is listed the scrolls that you could take out to read at that bench. And if you want to know where the the Renaissance started, where modern humanism began, it was Mm -hmm. in that fucking room. Wow. It's like being in a holy place. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Fuck. So that's, Uh, that's when I'm, when you want to know where my humanism comes from, I say that the, the atomists, Mm -hmm. I say, the, the the library, the Laurentine library, I say um, all of the humanists from that moment, the, the, the birth of the Renaissance, the spreading mm-hmm. of the Renaissance, and the ideas that human suffering is a fucked up thing and that we usually cause it ourselves. Yeah. yeah. So let's yeah. not do that. Let's not do that. Basically, right? <laughs> yeah. Stop it. Just stop it's, it. It's bad for your health, you know. Just bad for somebody's health. There's somebody <laughs> so... making off like a bandit at the top, but right, right. Not really, really doing all that. At all. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I get deep. Sorry, I didn't. No, I, no, I you're good. Me. <laughs> I get deep real quick. We can get back silly real quick too, but. <laughs> so I'm um, I'm a humanist, and and I think. Uh, when I look at the world around me, now this is a question I was asking though when I when I was doing those interviews at the at the conference. Um, I was asking people to answer two questions. And the first question was, look at the world around you and give it a grade. Like just your own, you walk out of your door, you go downtown, you're going to work, you're running into stuff. Do you think we're doing okay? What grade would you give? You know, just like a letter grade from school. 
F minus, 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 minus. Okay, F minus? Uh, yeah. Math? I mean, it depends on where you live, right? Okay. <laughs> the, so the society in which you live. Here in the US, uh, yeah, I would give it an F. <laughs> so I would give it also, Mel, F minus. I, I like the yeah. extra minuses. Uh, bath and F, absolutely. Yeah. I was getting some Ds. Now, there's okay. some people, I don't want to bash everything. There's some good things going on, but nobody gave it above a D. Yeah. Hmm. So the second question is, how would you apply secular humanist concepts to fix that problem, to engage that issue, right? What is the secular human? And I'll give you an idea. I'll give you an idea of some of the things we talked about. One of my favorites was, what would you do as a secular humanist if you were running a for-profit prison? Besides shutting it down. Obviously, we don't want for-profit prisons. But imagine you're the warden at a for-profit prison. How do you put that together? How do you run that? Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that it's no longer a prison. I think right. you get rid of jail cells. I think we talk about teaching people emotional skills to deal with the truth. Nobody in prison is yeah. not suffering from PTSD or right. developmental trauma. There's yeah. a reason that people act that way. Antisocial behavior is right. because they've given up. Right. Right. So let's tell them, we, we know that you gave up. We're, let's, let's work that out and let's heal you as best we can yeah. while you're here. Let's give you skills so that when you get back out, you're going to have skills to operate. Yes. And let's make sure that we do our best to reintegrate you into society. Yes. There, there's actually, I, yeah, I was just about to say, because there's, I want to say like Sweden or somewhere like they, their prisons are actually like actual rehab, you know, right. and their, their success yeah. rate is like up there. But, yeah. Like exactly, like something like that. Absolutely. But so, we don't care about people here, so it's never going to no, work. And that's the thing. They're all like so, pro-life, but then they'll fucking. Ugh. So that's why the humanist being, because yes. who's running these private prisons? Now, I'm not saying I want to run a prison. I want prison. Mm -hmm. I want to get rid of the, the school to prison pipeline. I think it's atrocious. Right. But the government is paying these shitheads money to treat these prisoners like crap and skimming all the money for profits. If yep. I'm doing it as a church, I don't need profit. I can set it up the way I want right. and get the government money to do that. So that's kind of the idea for the humanist being. We want to be uh, a place where we can reimagine the solutions and then we can make them happen on some small scales. Um, the other day, I bought a book by uh, an author by the name of Laura Biggs, uh, Lisa Biggs. She's mm -hmm. a, a, a well-known playwright, and she developed a kind of uh, play therapy for BIPOC women in prison so that they can use theater to work through scenarios to come out of prison better prepared. Wow. So oh, I got her book. I'm going to get in touch with her. I want to start a program where we find people who are interested in volunteering, doing that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And we can use the structure of the humanist being to go to the prison and say, hey, we're a secular church. You have people coming in, working with your prisoners uh, who are Catholics, who are Protestants, who are this. We want a place at the table. We want to be able to come in and hang out. Yeah, that's it. Mm, exactly. There the you go. Age. Um, we want to come in and we want to set up a program to work with your prisoners free of charge to the prisoners. We're charity. And then we go out and fundraise to get this stuff paid for. We find the right people and we start these programs. This is a humanist program, right? Yeah. 
clearly this this is a humanist uh, uh, way to approach prison. Let's rehabilitate people, right? Right. right. Um, so that's that's one issue. Think about housing. Think about education. Think about America is super fucked up. We all yes. yeah. You gave it an you gave it an F. Mel right. gave it an F minus 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 minus. I get an F minus. You guys, th- there's a concept called parallel structures. Hmm. Parallel structures um, is an idea that we heard from um, uh, the ex-president of um, of Czech Republic, uh, uh, Havel. I always get his name wrong. wrong. <laughs> um, uh, Valklav Havel. He was okay. uh, president. He was uh, uh, in his uh, youth in communist uh, Czech Republic, right during the during the time of the, of the communist uh, Iron Curtain, behind the Iron Curtain. And okay. he said, when we were in public, we acted like good communist boys and girls and, and others. Mm-hmm. But when we were in private, we recreated Czech culture without them. Inside our houses, we acted like we were not in a communist country. We acted like we were in a, an open country. So we, we shared songs and we shared stories and we, we kept our music going. We kept and we wrote poetry about our, our trials and we shared our experience as Czechs. And he mm-hmm. calls that parallel structures, right? Okay. You have to live in their world, but mm-hmm. you can create these pockets of what you want the world to be. And that's what we want to do. We want to use the, the power of the humanist, secular humanist concepts to create bubbles of beautiful society in this fucked up place. Because mm. once you have a stable, well-operating bubble, that bubble interacts with everything around it. Right. Yeah. right? And people say, everybody's got to be a shit together all the time. You're just being naive with this humanist stuff. And we say, no, we can actually make this work. It's not going to be easy. It's people doing shit. Right. People doing shit is always hard. But that doesn't mean it isn't worthwhile. And it doesn't mean it won't be better than what we got. Right. Right. So right. Right. That's that's the concept, the, the kind of big picture concept behind this organization. That's I fucking that. awesome. Yeah. Fuck we yeah, want to change you. the world one one fucked up person at a time. <laughs> yeah. That's he's, awesome. He's talking about you, Bev. Yeah. You guys are on the list, by the way. Damn it. Yeah. (laughs) We we don't know where you live yet, but (laughs) be careful. Hey, when I was younger, I always wanted to, when I was talking about these initiations, I always wanted to be part of an organization that was daring enough and that I gave it permission to kind of kidnap me off the street, throw me in the back of a van, drive me somewhere. Well, that's your kink. I mean, uh, I, I hope we're not going to kink shame. So we're, we're on kink shame here now. Shame. But but, but I'm not shaving, by the way. I'm not shaving everything. No. Like no, that's not, not happening. Shaving. shaving or shaming. I mean, my eyebrows are halfway else, man. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I I, I I don't know what you guys do as far as shaving is. <laughs> I was talking about shaming. Shaming. Um, oh, I know. I know. I heard. I heard. <laughs> I mean, the V and the M, they're easy to transfer. Yeah, yeah. We get it. You want to shave, Beth. You want to shave. I get it. No, I don't. Oh, that's our website. Yep. So, so yeah. I got your website. Uh, yeah. if, you, if you guys go to thehumanistbeing.org, Woo. you will find Chris's 
project over here, which is a 501c3 nonprofit religious organization. Yeah. So first of all, why why a religious organization? Yeah, that's that's yes. Uh, Please tell us first. So we got our five hundred one c three determination letter. So we're already a nonprofit without the religious part, and um, I nonprofit you, also <laughs> nonprofit exactly. But no, no, with no profits. Well, unfortunately, I hate him. You're, you know that that's not true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nonprofits can be very profitable for people. Yes. Uh, oh, I like that. Um, Boom. That's a play on words. Boom. Boom. It's a totally original idea. Yeah, not stolen whatsoever. Not at all. <laughs> I, I am not. I, I'm, 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 <laughs> it's a nonprofit with, without any profits. Get it? Yeah. So um, smart. If you have to explain the joke, it's not funny anymore. Damn Shut it. the fuck up, Mel. It's not she had to go. I'm sorry, Chris. No, got banned. <laughs> <laughs> she got to go. She had to go uh, clean herself up and bury her poop. Oh, no. <laughs> Do you guys switch who has power over the? Radio? We both have power. We're, 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 we're switches. We're, we're switches. Okay. Listen, I liked being submissive. You know, hey, hey, like, you know I'm a switch, though. I'm a switch. So I, I, well. I too, am a switch. Although I prefer the bottom. Yes, yes, yes. So, <laughs> yes. Um, anyway. Yes. So this is our organization. Uh, we're doing uh, I, the ICC, the Impossible Conversations Club. That's a Swedish epistemology club. Okay. Every, cool. Um, every two weeks we have this meeting. It's virtual. Anyone can show up. Um, we're we're working with the uh, the, oh. the uh, yeah when humans attack that's our podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we're working with Street Epistemology International, both me and Vincent, uh, uh, my, one of my uh, co um, supporters, and one of my co founders. Mm-hmm. Um, we're uh, that's with Magna Bosco, right, Anthony Magna we're, we're not working yet with Anthony directly. Okay. Anthony uh, is on the Discord server. Um, but we're working with them for groups, but we're also also working with them for content. We're hoping this summer to get out and start doing some street epistemology on the street here in Burlington, Vermont. Um, you guys probably live in towns that are bigger than the biggest city in Vermont. Yes. 40,000 people in the whole city. Oh, my gosh. That's the oh, biggest city that's like my neighborhood. Like... <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's the biggest place in the state, right? Oh, gosh. The capital is like 9,000 people. This is a. Oh, my God. The whole state is 670,000 people. What? Yeah. Is there a lot of incest that happens there? Uh, <laughs> used to. Before they started importing people from out, they used uh, to be. Oh, uh, if you guys have ever read any Lovecraft, Oh, it's been years. So Lovecraft based a lot of his his stories in New England, oh, uh, hmm, Massachusetts, yes. Vermont, and he he always was talking about how incestuous the people were, and um, not that he you know the racist you know homophobe uh, H.P. Lovecraft. Does anyone want to give too much uh, airtime <laughs> right. to? Right. Um, okay. But uh, so this is our group. Um, we have three programs going on right now. Mm-hmm. One is the Self Therapy Book Club. That's we're um, going over this uh, book called Self Therapy. Um, I'm studying. I'm in graduate school to become a, a licensed uh, mental health clinician. Hey, that's good. Yeah. So I'm going to be a okay. therapist. And one of our our ideas, and I've said this a couple times during the talk here, is I we are so into mental health, it is not funny, and uh, because a lot of people cannot get access to mental health care, mm-hmm. we have started working through this book called Self Therapy, 
which uses the internal family systems, which is a particular way of approaching traumatic experiences and, and mm -hmm. healing them. Um, and we're doing this once a month. As a matter of fact, tomorrow night is our, our monthly meeting. Um, and of course, the ICC. And then we also have a, a, a monthly meeting, which is just us um, doing our uh, talking about, you know, that program uh, uh, from the, the Lisa Biggs uh, mm. thing. Or I have one of my uh, local, uh, uh, that's our humanist meetup, that if you click on that, you'll get to our meetup and you can see all of our 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 uh uh oh, this nice. meetup has been one of the best things for us we now have almost 200 members we have 30 people Fuck coming yeah. to meeting tomorrow night they're signed up to do it i don't know if they're going to show up um but the possible impossible conversations club the self-therapy workshop um and then we have a meeting just to talk about what we want to do one mm -hmm. of our local in-person meetings one of our, our members said you know wouldn't it be great if we were to set up a uh a religious a non-religious aa mm, that's awesome that, yes that fuck yeah that, so fuck that yes i don't have to make anything happen i just gotta find it get trained in the system yes and then i can go to a local center that i'm actually volunteering at right now and mm -hmm. they'll give a space and a community of people who want that service right. so um there you go. That is a humanist thing, right? Setting up a, a non yeah. AA in our Fantastic, area. man. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was actually going to be like my answer to your question. If, oh, there you go. if I ever remembered, I'm sorry, I forgot. And that's like, okay. Ugh, I no, was you're doing, doing, that's great. See, but, but yeah. What I want people to do is I want them to think about what's wrong, to think about what pops in their head about what matters to them, and for them to say, hey, if I ran shit, this is what I do different. And then just try to make a program around that. Start small, start mm -hmm. sustainable. But if we can get small, sustainable things happen in, in Denver, in, in Las Vegas, in uh, Illinois, mm -hmm. in, in wherever we have people, if we can get one small program in each of those places, fucking A, yeah. and have it be run sustainable. Yeah. Right? I don't want to start something and just have it collapse. I want to start something that's going to have impact and be sustainable. Right. Even if the impact is one or two people for the first couple Still. of months. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Give people hope. Yes. So what what would be your like top three uh things that you would want to like fix and oh boy, oh boy. So I have a fantasy. Uh, mm. not <laughs> I have lots of fantasies. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> Do but, you, uh, does it involve you standing outside like this with your, pants and, <laughs> with your pants? As long as Mel comes by and sprays me with a hose, there you go. <laughs> she'll bring the Bible in. It's, yeah. there, you go. there you go, there you go, there you go. I'll rip the Bible verse <laughs> one at a time. Um, <laughs> um, so I had this idea if I could have unlimited resources because i always start out these these thought experiments with unlimited resources if i had unlimited resources what would i do and i said i would take a town say 10 20 000 people mm -hmm. and i would provide them with on-demand mental health care for two Ooh, years yes for everyone on demand for the entire population and then see after two years of on-demand mental health care how where's crime at where's domestic violence at where is mm. where's uh substance abuse yes right? where, where, where are we at if we actually because i'm listening to these these news reports of these people 
who are talking heads on these news programs after we have yet another person flip their lids and go and murder people. And they said, well, there's a mental health crisis here in the United States. I'm like, but you're not doing anything about it. Nothing. Nothing. And we know, I'm studying this shit in college. Mm -hmm. We know how to make people better. We may right. not have to know how to make them all the way better right away, right. but we can make everyone a little bit better right away. We really yeah. know how the brain works. We really know how to help people through these problems. We're not mm-hmm. doing it. We borrowed $816 billion from China for the biggest military budget in history exactly. just last November. That was not the Republicans. That was the Democrats, House, mm-hmm. Senate, and White House passed this. $70 yep. billion dollars more. If we even just took the increase from the last one, that's $70 billion, borrowed that from China, because we're going to borrow it anyway, and use that to do one of these programs. Right. They don't care. No, they don't. No. Well, because they make, they make money off of weapons. So yeah. war is war profitable. Prof- yep, there you go. <laughs> so one of, the, one of the things I was saying to people before they answered that question at the, at the conference, and I'm going to keep asking this question because I think it's an important question, yes. is if you look outside the window, you see the way the world is, that is on purpose. Mm, yeah. That is not an accident. So right. as long as we keep that in mind, then we can get energized about making something small happen in our community that works. Yes. Be that that bubble, that parallel structure that then starts influencing yes. the world around it. So the, the second thing, so that's one. Yeah. The second thing is housing. So I don't know if yes. you, have you guys ever heard of co-housing? Co-housing? Yeah. Mm-mm. So co-housing is this idea that a group of people get together, pull their money together and buy a piece of land. They buy, oh. they build little houses, each owning their own little house and they build mm-hmm a kind of a community center that everybody can use. And everybody is responsible for everything. Now set that up on a, on a secular humanist basis. Start running after school programs that, that include teaching kids um, critical thinking skills. Yes. Start yeah. having political action. If I had 30 humanists living together in, on a piece of land, you think we wouldn't go out and start protesting shit that's wrong start going out and feeding people right mm-hmm. all of right. This, that little community of 30 people will influence the world around it yes mm-hmm. yep. and those people will then be able to support each other in self-therapy um make sure uh, my question is we have humanists secular humanists who are terminally ill who don't have a place to go mm, yeah. we got people who are old who are forced to live in these religious settings because they have no choice. We need to start thinking about a holistic way to create parallel structures so that we can be with each other and we can influence the world the way we want it to be. Cause we know they're doing it right. Those motherfuckers are doing it everywhere. Right. Yeah. So Holy shit. mental health. And I think, think the third one would have to be either prison reform or education. Okay. Right? We got to, so one of the things I learned, have you guys ever heard of the, the 3 million word deficit? Word yeah. deficit? Yeah. So no. there's a, there's a, um, a psychological um, uh, paper that was put out and the concept was put forward of the 3 million word deficit. And what this is, is that there are a couple of different ways to parent, right? And they're saying that as far as a child coming out of the first two years of the life, 
thinking that the world is a safe place where they can explore is influenced by whether their parents talk to them mm. and mm. not whether their parents talk at them. And what we find mm. is that there are a lot of people in the lower socioeconomic uh, levels, but not only there, who only talk to their kids with directives. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. Do this. Go to your room. Leave me alone. Don't hit your brother. Never actually sit down, look the kid in the eye and talk to them. And what we found out and, and what this research showed is that between six months and 18 months, if that is not done, if you don't talk to your kid and when they ask you a question, not just brush them off and tell them to go away, but sit down and look at them in the eye and have a conversation, these kids lose 3 million words compared to someone who gets that. Holy shit. shit. That is a developmental thing that has to then be recovered from. Right. Mm. God the, damn. The theory is you don't even have to be very good at it. You can be just eh, and your kid still goes, gets, gets through with unscathed. Right. Right? So wow. that Well, if, fuck. <laughs> if you have, if, I mean, most of us have people in our lives who have young children, mm -hmm. but they talk to their kids. They enjoy their kids. They put them on their lap. They look at them. They laugh at them. They interact with them. But we also know in the community, when we're walking around, we're in the supermarket, and that poor woman with three kids who's working three jobs who is so pressed that she doesn't have the time or the, or the sense or the ability to get mm -hmm. to a calm place where she can interact with her kids like that. Yep. Because yeah. all she has to do is interact with her kids that way. And she is doing what she was taught by her parents by doing yep. that way and what she was taught by her parents. So we're talking about what, what's known in the, in the, uh, in the psychological world as uh, generational trauma. Yes. It's passed down. And we've got to break this chain or we're never going to not have people picking up guns and going and murdering people. Yep. I'll give you one last thing because yep. I, I have a bunch of them. You can tell a bit about it. <laughs> so I have a friend, uh, my friend Vincent, who you guys will meet at some point. He was going on about um, Jordan Peterson and Ugh. incels, Ugh. right? Ugh. And I said, you know what my solution is for incels? <laughs> we, we we make a um a kind of a girlfriend experience brothel that is a spa for these people. And okay. We, and the, the people who work at this spa are not just sex workers, they're trained psychologists. Oh shit. Heal these men. Oh my god. So that they are no longer incels. I love that. So we, we need to get up... that shit funded right now. <laughs> right now. Right now. <laughs> Holy shit. I'll take your checks. I'll put it yeah. in the bank <laughs> and I'll make it happen. You, you have a lot of faith in humanity. Uh, you, I'm, I'm on a mission, guys. I yeah. really am on a mission. We have to start somewhere and it'll it'll snowball. It'll snowball. It's start baby small. steps. And... That's right. At some point, yeah. I'm going to say these words in front of someone who's got a pile of money who says, you know, Chris, I was going to buy a third house, but you know what? Why don't we, why don't we finance one of these things? Right? Give me a million dollars and see what happens. It's always the people who, who are so fucking corrupt. They they are billionaires and they, 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 they fucking waste their fucking money yeah, on buying Twitter for double it. its worth. Yeah. <laughs> but You've got to be a, a heartless motherfucker to be rich in America. Yeah. 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 
yeah. or anywhere, to be honest. But um, since we're in America, let's talk about America. Right, right, right. Yeah. God so, so to start, start wrapping it up, I do have a last question. Uh, how can we all be, I guess, better humanists? How can we walk towards that goal, towards that vision? Like, what's like the simplest, you know, first step a person can take? I think that what we need to do to become better humanists is not to be observers, but to be active participants. Okay. Right? I think yes. we have to understand the power of humanist concepts, mm -hmm. right? I think we have to get together and hang out and not be embarrassed to be humanists and come up with humanist solutions that's what we need and one of the things that we need is people to step up and say you know what i'm not going to be okay walking by that homeless guy all the time without saying hi mm -hmm. sometimes people just need to be looked at and treated like human beings yes. they don't even i mean they may not have a place to live they may not have a dollar to their name but if you stop and look down and say hey how's it going today even just that little thing increases that person's dignity. Dignity is mm -hmm. something that's not in any of our, our views, right? We want to be treated with dignity. We want dignity. In order to do that, imagine I'm walking down the street in Burlington and I see some guy sitting in a, a pile of his own, you know, uh, feces. And he mm -hmm. smells horrible. And everyone's just going, Ugh! And you go over and go, Hey, man, and you touch him if he wants to be touched or you offer him a drink or something. And then other people see you doing that. It's not just you doing that, which is a which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. But you're modeling a behavior for the yes. people around you. And we, because we're humanists and express that humanist thing in front of other people, are the bubble. And we are influencing the people around us. I wow. love that. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. We don't <sighs> mind sharing too. <laughs> we're not those not, we're not your mommy's humanists. We're yeah. <laughs> one of the things that we put down on our list, right? Because we've got the, the, the humanist or the American Humanist Association, the American Humanist Society, mm. great people doing great work. Yes. We took their 10 com commitments, which is mm. a great set, and we added two. Oh. We we have 12 commitments. Okay. We okay. added Communication skills. Nice. And added humor. Hey. Because when you think of the American Humans Association, everything gets real serious real quick. Right, right. And you know what? When I talk to those people one-on-one, -on -one, they're hilarious. Yeah. They're <laughs> fucking hilarious. Okay. Um, you guys, uh, I got one more thing to show you. I yeah. Here. yeah, absolutely. So you remember this? I don't know if you saw this, but Sarah was there at the humanist table, and she has the humanist Yes. Table. Oh, the, yes. Yeah. You know, I didn't get to talk to her, but yes. They gave me one of these humanist symbols. Oh. You know, the, the humanist symbol, I can't see if I can get it. Do you see it? Right, the oh, person yeah. kind of stretched, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. So uh, my friend Vincent and I were talking one day, and I said, you know what that is? How I interpret that, and, and I'll ask you before I say, how do you interpret that that symbol, the humanist symbol, the kind of stretched, you know, the the that kind oh, of the, joy? That, yeah. Um, just reaching for a bigger, brighter tomorrow, that okay. kind of thing. Yeah, that, yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. Okay. Reaching out to the world, uh, the world yeah. connecting, uh, yeah. yeah, being you open, know, I guess, know, openness. Yeah. You want to know where my twisted brain went? Oh, God, what? Star Trek? No, I'm just kidding. 
No, oh, although I love Star Trek. Well, I mean, it's, yeah. I, my brain went that that is one of the humanists that were tortured by the Catholic Church. In the oh, Catholic fuck. Church. God I damn it. <laughs> on the rack. I love the <laughs> Well, if Christians can have the cross around their neck, we can have a pin. <laughs> okay, God. So, so I'm seeing it as a martyr for humanism. Okay, okay. They, yeah, I like that. I like that. <laughs> It is a bit twisted and dark, but <laughs> well, very. Uh, so it's <laughs> God damn it. Well, man, it's been a fucking pleasure, dude. Yes. Uh, you are awesome. Thank we you. fucking love you, man. And well, for I'm those, your guys as well. But oh, I appreciate thank all you. the hard work you do. And and my goal from from this little online thing that we're doing is to just plant that seed. So the next time yes. you're walking down the street, you're thinking, yes. what is it to be a good humanist? Well, a good humanist is modeling behaviors for people that are good humanist values. You know, yes. dignity. Dignity is a big one. Fuck okay. yeah. That's yes. right. So Don't where can people find... Oh, yeah, exactly. Be Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. <laughs> And where can people find you? Uh, I put the website many times, uh, thehumanistbeing.org. Meetup, it's a great way to get in touch with mm -hmm. us. If you send, a, if you join our meetup and you send a message to the meetup, it goes right to me. So the mm. meetup's a great place to go, just the Humanist Being Meetup. Um, and uh, we're we're just getting started, right? This yes. is this is the beginning for us. We're we're going to to make waves, and we're going to make people. Uh, sit up and notice that humanism is not just a bunch of sweethearts who are, are, are you know, going to oh, 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 which I love. They're great yeah. people. But right. we're going to get out there. We're going to start being visible. And we're gonna Why did I just imagine Mad Max style, like, be better <laughs> with, like, the fucking uh, shiny man. Very shiny. <laughs> <laughs> be better or else. <laughs> oh, my God. But yeah, sorry. Oh my God. Well, thanks, man. Uh, you, you've been amazing. Um, and like we said at the beginning, we met at AACon in Phoenix not too long ago. And as we said on the last episode, we were going to be sharing some photos. We did a funny photo shoot, Mel and I. Uh, our friend Josiah Mannion took some amazing photos. Oh my God. And we're going to release one photo on every episode from now on. Uh, so we're going to share this. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. So if you guys are listening, you need to be here on YouTube. Uh, but here we <laughs> Beautiful. Look at Mel's face. <laughs> you guys would sit right in in Burlington. There you yeah. go. <laughs> Although not the Bible. We're way too liberal here. Oh. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, Amazing. Just, just, Beautiful. Uh, <laughs> I want that frame just <laughs> God damn it. Well, there's there's more photos to share, yeah, so there, stick around. More... I'm looking forward to them. Oh, oh my, my god. <laughs> of course, wanted to remind our listeners and our viewers that we do have a merch store. The link is in the description of this episode. If you want to see some awesome shit, we have shirts, we have what else do we have? A poster, uh under no, I'm just kidding, there's no underwear. Um but there, is a <laughs> but there is a oh. picture of Mel uh, pegging Jesus. Uh, it's fantastic. So <laughs> if you know, you know. Yeah. Right. Check it hung up on the table. name is Christ, right? So like, <laughs> bend Christ over. There you go. <laughs> God damn it. 
Uh, please don't forget to subscribe to our channel, smash the like button, and hit the notification bell <laughs> so you don't miss any new episodes. God episodes come out on Mondays, as always, and they are still available on audio only. But come on, come to the YouTube. Come okay, on. if you listen to us on the audio only, if you made it this far to the fucking episode, anyway. Okay. Um, Go to the YouTube and subscribe to us anyway. We we know you won't watch you, it, but last last episode I put a, a dick soap in my cleavage. You missed that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, so go to YouTube and watch the previous episode. God damn it. <laughs> uh yeah. So if you go to you know uh Spotify, if you listen to us on Spotify, you can actually leave us a rating. Uh no, no less than five stars, please. Five stars, uh, that's it. Uh, follow us on the Twitter at BaphoML666. Mine is at MaltreeFitty, and his, I guess, is at BaphoMetal666. God <laughs> damn it. And as we said at the beginning, we have an anchor. If you go to patreon.com slash burningitin666, you yes. can support us. We want to give a big shout out to Ron, Evelyn, and our friend Atheist Chico. Chico. And we don't yeah. forget the anchor, the OGs, Robin M and William N. Oh yeah. And you know what? This episode, I forgot about, I'm sorry, giving a shout out to Recovering from Religion. Yay. I'm, Fantastic. I'm, a, I'm yes. a, a Recovering from Religion uh, volunteer. I do support. Nice. Oh, there we go. Fuck okay. Yeah. So maybe you can tell our listeners <laughs> or our viewers what they're about. Uh, Recovering for, for Religion is a number of things. First of all, it's an online chat and or phone a resource that you can call up and talk to someone. If you're doubting, if you have questions, if you have lingering issues like you're still afraid of hell, even though you don't believe anymore. Um, there are people there 24-7 to talk to you if you uh, need someone to talk to. Uh, we also have lots of resources. So if you're uh, talking to a chat person there uh, they, and you have a question, they often have great resources to help you. We yes. also have online communities where if you are isolated, you can go in and, and, and after being uh, you know, vetted, given the opportunity to meet with people who are going through the exact same thing you're going through. Yes. And they have a local support group, either in person or virtual. Fantastic. So you can join from anywhere in the country. Yeah, and the phone number is one eight four. I doubt it. That's I an actual it. phone number. I <laughs> doubt it. Also, forgot to mention that there is another component to recovering for religion. It's the Secular Therapy Project, which is a registry of therapists who happen to be secular. They're not associated with any faith. They're not going to convert you. Uh, and of course, there is a professional relationship, so there is a cost to that. But it is a way of finding mental health resources. Again, recoveringfromreligion.org and one eight four. I doubt it is their phone number. Perfect. Big shout out to Dr. Daryl Ray Dr. and Daryl. We we were we in love. his bedroom. We were uh, all there was like ten people in his bedroom. We had yeah. a great time. <laughs> no, I want to say something about Dr. Daryl. He came out and he said that we we're going to have an orgy, and then we went in and there was a presentation. Like he was like. Come I on, we won't have an orgy. We're all like in there, yeah. And yeah, and I'm like, oh, and all I got was, was like a chair, a presentation, and Vegemite. And what Vegemite. the fuck? <laughs> like, what kind of orgy is this shit? I don't know how you define the word orgy. But right. <laughs> <laughs> how I define. I thought we were gonna play "Who's in My Mouth" again. Like, 
God. Not even a pillow fight. Not even a sexy pillow fight. <laughs> sexy pillow fight. Oh my God. Uh, Though Captain Dadful did lick the bed. And that I got is a true. Of that. We have evidence of that. Yes, we have evidence. So, <laughs> blackmail. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm immune. I have no idea what bed lick is. Or dick, what did you say? What? <laughs> he literally just licked the bed for some oh, weird no, reason. No, okay. I thought that yeah. was a metaphor. Sorry. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, my, my new name is Bed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now Anywho. my going all kinds of places, man. I... <laughs> oh my God. With that many heathens in a room, what could go wrong, right? We can all <laughs> or what could vibe... go right? <laughs> so, Mel, how, how many angels have you vibrated to? <laughs> Well, <laughs> on hell, on hell. Uh, like, number number two is for Archangel. Uh, yeah. or number three is for I don't, I don't know fucking <laughs> carobs. I, I, I will vibrate for all of them today. <laughs> I'll wash my hands with this dick soap and then I'll vibrate. Did you, you see go. the dick soap, Chris? I'm not getting no, it. Oh, it's okay. reminding me of the the, the scene in the boys where. Um, where the dildo love the are. boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the oh. dildo scene. Well, yes. maybe she, uh, after we finish, uh, I'll, which, I'll send we'll, you the picture. I'll send yeah, you the picture. Yeah, but uh, other than that, uh, we want to say thank you so yes, fucking you. much, Chris. You. you are amazing, uh, and hopefully we stay in touch. Yay! Fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! All right. Well, that is what the Lord wants. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen.